Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. All right, let's get into it. I, I was, I'm going to teach about something today um, uh, that I'm calling it, it's a matter of opinion. And I, I want to say that because of Jesus Christ, we have reason to celebrate. One of the reasons that we have to celebrate is that, that we're free uh, just to enjoy life and live out the purpose that God has called us to. And I, I'm going to show you that in a second. But I was thinking, how much of our lives are built upon the opinions of others? What other people think of us, it should not be that important in our lives, but yet it is, isn't it? And, you're, and you grew up you grew up thinking about the opinions of others. You, you knew in first grade, second grade, third grade, what your friends thought of you. And, and if you, you knew if you didn't dress like everybody else, like if you were on the poorer side, or if you didn't, you know, if you didn't look like everybody else or act like everybody else. You, it was just, even from a child, you don't teach a child to do this, but yet there's comparison involved, and everybody's concerned about the opinions of others. And I don't know, I've certainly taught you about your identity in Christ Jesus, but I don't know if I've really ta- tackled this subject of what do we do with the opinions of others. So I grew up um, in a little town called Medford, Oklahoma, north central Oklahoma, surrounded by wheat fields for as, as far as you can see. And um, there was literally a, a, a railroad uh, track right through the middle of town. And you ever hear that phrase, well, they just live on, on the wrong side of the tracks? Well, that was literal in our town. On, on one side of the tracks, you had the newer subdivisions and all the, the people that had more money lived on that side of, of town. And then on the other side of the tracks, again, very literally, was, was our family. And, and the families of others that just, you know, were, were not, didn't have a lot of money. It was, you know, pretty, pretty poor. In fact, just to be honest with you, and this is, my mom is sitting in the room. She can attest to this. We didn't just live on the other side of the tracks, like on the wrong side of the tracks. We actually lived on the very last road on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally. I mean, literally. And so uh, I grew up, and I didn't measure up as far as, you know, what other people were wearing, the jeans they were wearing, the shoes that they were wearing, the shirts that they were wearing. I remember I had friends that, that had polo shirts that weren't just the style polo, but actually the brand polo, the little horse on it. And I'm just thinking, wow, your parents must be wealthy that you could afford that. Or, you know, back in the day, back in the 80s, especially, there was this little, and, it, and they've come back now, but a, a little alligator that was on their, their shirts. Remember the little alligator? And I used to think, boy, I wish I could just, just find an alligator shirt at, at, at the Goodwill store and cut off the little, you know, alligator and then have my mom sew it to a fake, you, you know, shirt so I could just pretend. Then one day, and I, I mean, even shoes, we were having, like, I would get the shoes that looked like they were the real thing, but they weren't actually the real thing. They were just lookalikes, and they were made of plastic, and they would break apart really, really quickly, especially as a kid. And one day, my mom, I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if they had a tax return or what, but my, my mom took me and my brother uh, to a shoe store, and we got to pick out not just a pair of shoes, everybody, but she let us buy Nike shoes. <laughs> Woo! I mean, I was like, to this day, to this day, it was so memorable in my mind that I know exactly what the shoes looked like. They were, they were dark blue with a yellow swoosh. In fact, 
I found a picture of them. This is, these, these are the shoes right here. Oh, don't they look great? Come on, you're jealous of that, aren't you? You're well, I can't believe you had shoes like that. I'm telling you, just because I knew that these Nikes didn't even measure up to all of the other Nikes, but they were still Nikes, and I got to wear them to school, and I thought all of my friends would say, oh, Justin, those are great shoes, and nobody said a thing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. In fact, I was the kind of kid that one day, I was probably like fifth grade, sixth grade, we went through a year where camouflage pants, like everybody was wearing camouflage pants. It was like the style. You know, it was after, if you put it in timeline order, it was after parachute pants. Now, now this might have just been rural Oklahoma. I don't know. So, but one year it was camouflage pants. And well, we couldn't afford camouflage pants. I mean, I was just lucky to be wearing the jeans that I had on. And well, that, that summer comes and my mom takes us out for, you know, preschool shopping, you know, clothes shopping. And and I, I talk her into, please let me have camouflage pants. And so she bought me a pair of camo pants, and I went to school, first day of school. Nobody was wearing camouflage pants. I was the only one. And then everybody kept running into me saying, oh, sorry, Justin, didn't see you there. You know, and I'm like, oh, so mad, you know, that I couldn't, I couldn't even when I tried to be cool, I couldn't be cool, you know, and, and it, it had a, a lasting effect on my life that couldn't measure up. And I was thinking, how many things, how many memories of, like, do you have of your life where you didn't measure up to what everybody else had and what everybody else thought? Like, when did you in your life that you didn't measure up? In fact, can I tell you that some of you right now, you're still basing decisions you're making upon the opinions of others. And that's not healthy. It's never healthy. There's a better way to live life. And we're going to find this actually in the Christmas story Again, this is a topic I've never really addressed, uh, but it's found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because, of, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He knew, he knew that people were going to talk. He knew that everybody had an opinion. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Let me, let me rephrase that just for a second. The angel would be telling him, don't you worry about the opinions of others. Don't live your life worried about the opinions of others. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and in fact, he gave him the name Jesus. And I was wondering, I was thinking about this, what in the world would, would Joseph have been thinking when, when he heard the news that his, his wife-to-be was already pregnant and the, the thoughts of what is everybody going to say? What's the entire town going to say? How is this going to be handled in the community in the pressure that he must have, have been under in the confusion that he must have faced? And I thought, here's a video that kind of shows you what I'm talking about. Let's watch it.
All right, old friend. Let's put some hinges on you. She has been on my case for a week now about you. You know that, don't you? Oh, yes. What would we do without her, huh? Hmm. Mary. And to think, when it comes to Mary, I was asking a totally different question just a little while ago. What was I gonna do with her? I was just trying to understand everything, but what was there to understand? I mean, she was pregnant. And she'd say over and over and over to me again, it's not what it seems. But I knew it didn't matter. It was just a matter of time before the whole community would start to question things. I started questioning who she'd been with, all my friends that I'd been duped. The looks, the glares around town, the rumors, so many rumors. And it was all justifiable, every bit of it. Because who is gonna believe the story that we had to tell? An angel. Oh. just say, Mary, tell me again, word for word, tell me what the angel said. And she would say the exact same thing every time. It was as if it was just seared into her. For he will be called son of the most high God. That's what the angel said. <laughs> An angel. You'd think these calluses wouldn't grab a splinter after all these years. But sometimes the right one manages uh, ah, to get through. Hmm. Guess it's like that dream I had. When every bone God built me with doubted Mary, God sent an angel. To me to get through. Yep. I was thinking, if you were if you were in this situation, what would you have felt? What what would you have done? Would it been would it have been tough for you? And I think most of us would say in this room, you know what, I I, I would have done that. I would have stuck with her. I would have I would have done what's right. And yet, can I tell you something? Even in today's world, there are things happen, and it really bothers you. Not, not because of how it happened, but because of what other people think. I, I was thinking about this. How many, how many of you have had family members that have done things or, or things, things that went public, and it was an embarrassment? Or, or else it was, I know it shouldn't have happened this way, but it still happened nonetheless. And, and it, 
And that you always think, well, what's everybody else thinking? What are they going to think about me? What are they going to think about me as a parent? Or what are they going to think about my children? What are, gonna th- what are they going to think? What are they going to think? Well, I, I got some news for you today. And it's the, truth, it's the truth about opinions that I hope that you can live your life without, without worrying what everybody else thinks about your life. In fact, write this down. First thing is opinions are not always true. And you know that. You already know that. I'm just building a foundation. Opinions are not always true. I want to tell you, sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. But what you're going to hear in this message today is that there needs to be people who have voices in your life, but they need to be the right people with the right heart. They need to be avid followers of Christ, true followers of Christ, who know the word of God and who have wisdom to share with you, you need to give people a voice in your life. But not everybody should have a voice in your life, that's for sure. Not everybody should have a voice in your life. That everybody has an opinion, but there are very few opinions in my life that actually matter. Everybody has, a fi- has an opinion, but I have learned to listen to a, to a few people that, that have a voice in my life that when they speak, Justin listens. Because I found out everybody's got an opinion, but not everybody's right. So I need to listen to the right people. In fact, can I, can I tell you something? It, it, the, the Bible addresses this very clearly in Proverbs 18, verse 2. And you're going to know this to be true as well. Fools find no pleasure in understanding. They don't care about understanding, but they delight in airing their own opinions. They don't care about understanding. They just want to tell the world what they think. Have you ever met somebody like that? Well, I'll tell you what I think, and I'm looking at them saying, I didn't ask. I, I didn't, I didn't want to know. Like, I'm sorry you're opening your, your mouth because I don't really care. But I, don't, I just say that on the inside, everybody. I don't say it on the outside. I just, I just listen, and I'm not, and, and I think you don't have a voice in my life, right? Because everybody has an opinion, but not everybody's opinion should be listened to because not every opinion is Right, and I found out that the biggest, loudest talkers are the ones, the ones that are, that are voicing their opinions are typically the ones that are driven by pride. Have you noticed that? That they think they have the world figured out and I'll tell you how you should live it and they're the ones that typically their lives are a disaster. Have you ever met somebody like that, that their life was just a wreck and yet they tell everybody else how to live life? Well, if I were you and I'm thinking, I'm glad you're not. I'm glad I don't have your mindset. I'm glad I'm not living life like you live life because you're a wreck. You don't have a voice in my life. But you need to have certain people who have a voice in your life, people who really are wise, who really are followers of Christ and know the word of God. There has to be people in your life that do have a voice because not all opinions are true, but not all opinions are wrong. And you have to know how to differentiate between who you're going to listen to and who you're not. And then everybody's going to have an opinion about how you're living life. And if you're living life well, or if you're living life the wrong way, everybody has an opinion. And then oftentimes the opinions of others, we feel feel devalued by the opinions of others. Just like I was when I was a child in elementary school and junior high, I felt devalued because I lived on the wrong side of the tracks. And here's what I've learned in, in life, and, and you already know this to be true, but write this down. My value has nothing to do with the opinions of others. New song, your value has nothing to do 
with what your coworkers think about you or what your, your family members think about you. Your value has nothing to do with the opinions of others. In fact, number three, that I am not who, you need to walk around knowing this, I am not who others say I am. I am who God says I am. I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who you say I am. God knows exactly who I am. And I am valued because I belong to him. I am a child of God. Therefore, I have value in my life. In fact, I'm his creation. Therefore, I value. Every single person throughout the entirety of the world is his creation. Therefore, they are valued. They should be valued. Not because of what they look like, not because of what they dress like or what they wear or what they drive or where they live, but simply because they are created by God our Father. They have value. Their value is intrinsic, actually. And it's the same with you. That I don't have to worry about what others say about me. I do have to, I do have to focus my life on what does God want from me and who am I in Christ Jesus? Well, I know I'm a son, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God that he loves me, that I'm valuable. So this is what it means in, in, in your world, in my world, because everybody has an opinion. Have you ever figured out you'll never make everybody happy? Have you figured that out? Okay, so write this down. Pleasing God often means disappointing people. Pleasing God often means disappointing people. In, in fact, it, this comes out in such a number of ways. You, you see what Joseph is going through here. Joseph, he just gets this news that, that his, his wife-to-be is pregnant, and it's the talk of the town, or if it wasn't, it's going to be the talk of the town that she got pregnant without being married, without the marriage being consummated. Everybody was going to ridicule and look down, and Joseph, just, he just made a choice. I can either be a God-pleaser or a man-pleaser. So I'm going to do what God has called me to do, even if it disappoints you, even if you're confused by it, even if you disagree with it, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I've learned in this life, I don't live my life to make everybody happy. I live my life to put a smile on the face of my heavenly father, to bring glory to his name. That's why I live. And I know, I know that every now and then, I'm going to disappoint some people. And I have to be okay with that, because I've learned I cannot please everybody. And do you know something about this guy? It drives me nuts. I hate it. Are there, besides me, are there any people pleasers in the room? Like, I just love it. Bob, you put up both hands. I'm telling you, Bob and I are a lot of... Bob and I are a lot of liking this, that Bob and I, we, we've been in ministry together now for like 18 or 19 years, and we love it when everybody's just happy. We just love, we don't like conflict. We talk about it all the time. We don't like conflict. We love it when everybody's happy. And I've learned that not everybody will be happy all the time. And I hate it. But sometimes as I live my life for the glory of God, it means I disappoint people sometimes. I know I've disappointed family members. I, I know I've disappointed church members. I, I know I have. And I hate it. If you want to know the truth, it keeps me up at night. It makes it where I, I, I can't sleep. You don't know the number of times that I've cried because I know I disappointed somebody, but I, was, I just really felt I was doing the right thing. And it's tough, isn't it? I, I know some, in fact, just not too long ago, 
There's a couple that came to us, and they just went through Financial Peace University, and they say, our family's really begging for us to go on vacation, but if we go on vacation, we know we're going to rack up a lot of debt on credit cards, but here we are trying to be debt-free, but they're putting a lot of pressure on us, and they say that we're the only ones that are not going. Pastor, what should we do? I said, if you live your life for the glory of God and you obey his word, you're going to disappoint some people sometimes. But I promise you, when you're, when you're debt-free, you'll be so glad in fact, the entire family that pressured you to put things on credit so you can go on vacation with them, they're going to be jealous because you don't have any debt in your life. I promise you, just pay off the debt because you cannot live your life without disappointing someone sometime. How many know that to be true? It's just the truth. I wish it weren't the case, but I want to tell you something. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, I mean, the one who wrote the majority of the New Testament, do you know that he struggled with this too? That he, that he talked about it, he wrote about it? I'm going to show you this in Galatians. It says, chapter 1, verse 10, obviously, this is the Apostle Paul. I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If, if people-pleasing were my goal, I would, not be, I would not be Christ's servant. Can I tell you something? As long as you're living out your purpose in Christ Jesus, you'll never make everybody happy because not everybody has the mind of Christ. And he knows it. He's saying, listen, I, I know I disappoint people. I know I don't live up to their expectation of me. I know that I don't meet their standard, but I'm not trying to meet their standard. I'm trying to live up to the standard. I'm not worried about other people's opinion. And that's not the only time he wrote about it. In fact, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. It says, for some say, this is again, Paul speaking, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. I'm going I'm to share you something with you so powerful about this portion of scripture. He would not have written that verse if it was not on his heart. If he wasn't thinking about it, he wouldn't have written it. How many know what I'm talking about? So obviously, the opinion of others was hanging over his head. He had to give that thought. He said, I know that they have views that when I write these letters to the, to the churches, that, that I'm very forceful, that, that my words are very weighty. But I know what you're saying. When I'm with you in person, eh, it's just Paul, eh, not so impressed. And watch what he says. In, 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 in a, a different letter to the same church at, at Corinth, he says this, 1 Corinthians 15.10, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Your opinion does not affect who I am. I am who I am by the grace of God that was not without effect, meaning the grace of God has made this incredible eternal change in me. And I just am who I am. I've been called by God. I'm doing the work of the Lord. And whether you're impressed by that or not, I don't care. I'm just going to live out my purpose in Christ Jesus. You know, I, ju I just officiated a funeral service this past Monday for a, 
one of the sweetest ladies you would have ever met. Her name was Marsha Wainscott. She served as a, a part of the, the, the uh, as an EMT, like part of the, uh, just rescue services, you know, paramedic services here in, in Plymouth. And in fact, it grew into leadership in that. And she just went to be with Jesus about a week ago now. And I, I was officiating her, her funeral. And I, I, I came up with this verse that Marsha Wainscott, I, I'm telling you, if you, if you looked at her past and, and what she had seen in ministry, she was a pastor's kid. And then she, she ended up teaching in, in a church here in, in, in Plymouth called New Vision Church. And, and I thought about this concerning Marsha, that by the grace of God, she just was who she was. And she was one of the most servant-hearted, caring, love-to-laugh type of people. Can I tell you, everybody had an opinion about Marsha. But she was who she was by the grace of God. And she was a, a delightful lady, a delightful woman who had seen so much in ministry, seen so much, experienced so much hurt. She could have walked away, but by the grace of God, she just, she just, she was who she was by the grace of God. And I thought, what, what a high compliment for somebody to walk around just confident in who they are in Christ. I don't have to impress anybody. I just am who I am by the grace of God. At the end of the day, all my focus, all my attention is on him. He gets all of the glory. I am who I am by the grace of God. And that was Paul's attitude. I just am who I am by the grace of God. He was confident. He understood that there were differing opinions about him. He understood that there was different opinions about his ministry. And he just said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let, let me say it this way, new song. He was telling those around him, when I stand before my heavenly father, it's not going to be you who says, well done, good and faithful servant. It's going to be my heavenly father. So I'm not living my life for you. I'm living my life for him. New song, can I tell you something personally? You're not going to be at, sitting on the throne when I stand before God and determining where, whether, I, whether I lived a well done, good and faithful servant life. That belongs to him alone. Your, families are not gonna, your family members are not going to be doing that for you. Your best friends, your parents, your siblings, your coworkers, they're not going to be the one announcing those words in heaven. It's going to be your heavenly father. So whose opinion matters the most in your world? And I've come to the realization that God's opinion of me matters more than anybody else's. Every single time he's going to win out. Every single time. Because this is one thing I've learned. Write this down. That fearing what others think keeps me from God's best. If I live my life in fear of what other people are going to think, it's going to keep me from God's best. How many times have you felt like you needed to have a conversation with somebody who needed some good news or maybe a, a, a think, you know what, I, there's so-and-so and they're having a really bad day and I think I need to pray for them, but you feared what other people were thinking. Well, what if my coworkers saw? What are they going to think? But, but what if my boss sees? What is my boss going to think? Well, well, what if I go to this person and they don't want to be prayed for? What are they going to think? And I want to tell you, new song, fear will keep you from living your best life. Some of the greatest moments of ministry that have happened in my life 
happened because I did not care what other people thought. I just took a step of faith and said, I'm going to minister to you here now. Do you know how many times that I, I have been in the middle of Walmart or a grocery store or out in the lobby on a Sunday morning and somebody tells me something and I'll say, can I pray for you right now? Did you know it's rare? Uh, uh, only one time from, that I remember in all of these years that somebody said, I'd rather you not. To that I said, I said, okay, but you can't stop me from praying for you when I get home. You know what I mean? Like you can't, I'm still gonna pray for you. So I just, I just spin it like, well, I'm gonna pray for you anyway. It might not be in person, but I'm gonna pray. And, and then that time it was, oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because they were concerned about what everybody else was gonna see and everybody else was going to think. Can I tell you your best life, some of the greatest moments of ministry that I've ever had in my life is when I stepped up and acted in faith instead of fear. Some of the most treasured memories that I have was when I acted in faith and not fear because fear keeps you from God's best. In, in fact, Proverbs 29, 25 says it this way. The fear of human opinion, it actually disables you. It'll stop you from being effective. But trusting in God protects you from that. So when you have that thought of, hey, I'm, I'm going to talk to so-and-so. I'm going to share my faith with so-and-so. I'm, I'm going to pray with so-and-so today. I'm going to encourage so-and-so today. I'm going to do something for so-and-so today. And then, and then fear tries to step in. Can I tell you, it's going to keep you from God's best. And by the way, it'll keep them from receiving the blessing of you ministering in grace and in love. And it doesn't benefit anybody. In fact, when you fear the opinions of others, it will disable your ministry. It's a disabler. That's what the Bible says. So don't allow fear to control you. We live by faith, not by fear. The second thing, if fear keeps us from our best life, but the next thing is trying to impress others keeps us from God's best too. Trying to impress others. How many times have you bought something just because it was going to, it was going to impress others? Well, I, I, don't want, I don't want that shirt. I want that shirt because that shirt has a logo on it that'll, press, that'll impress everybody. Can, can I tell you something? Don't live life like that. That is not your best life. It's not your best life. I, I, can I, I'm going to be so honest with you. I am not, I, I know this is going to be, okay, except for some of you with really ugly sweaters today. You know, I'm not going to remember what any of you wore when I get home. The emblem on your shirt, I'm not going to think about it. Not while I'm talking to you and not after our conversation is over. I don't care what you wear. And nobody else does either. So why do we try to impress people? Why? Because we have this conviction in our heart that, that the opinion of others matters. And I'm telling you, if you live your life trying to impress other people, it'll keep you from God's best. You know, a lot of times, can, can I be honest with you here? I'm going to anyway. Thank you for the permission. All right. I wonder sometimes how many people, and I, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't look at giving records here at New Song. I don't know who gives and who doesn't. And, and, and I do that for a reason, because I want to minister to every single person equally. I never even want to be tempted with, with showing favoritism. I don't even want to be tempted with it. 
So I don't look at who gives and who doesn't. So if somebody comes up, Pastor, I'm so sorry, I didn't tithe this week. I'm like, I wouldn't have known because I don't look. I wonder how many people cannot be generous concerning the things of God because you're buying so much stuff to impress people that don't even care about what you wear or what you drive or where you live. I wonder how many times generosity cannot be seen in a person's life because they're too, too busy spending money on things that don't matter. There, I said it. And I think I'm right. And I want you to be free from that new song. You hear my heart? I want you to be free from that. That is not your best life. Your best life is one of generosity. It's not of selfishness. Your best life is one of caring for others, loving others, serving others. Your, your best life is not one of self-service. It's one of self-sacrifice. It's your best life. You'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else, until you learn to give, until you learn to love, until you learn to care. You'll never know what joy really is until you give your life away. That's how it works. I was thinking of, of this portion of scripture in um, John chapter 12, 42. This is concerning Jesus. It said, many people did not believe in Jesus, including some of the Jewish leaders. So some people didn't. Some people did. And there was this group of people that they believed in Jesus. There was this group of, of Pharisees, of religious leaders. They believed in Jesus. But they would not admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Watch this. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. And yet your neighbor and your coworker is not going to be the one in heaven who welcomes you in and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Can I go even further? Your, your neighbor and your coworker and those people that you're trying to impress they are not the ones who died on the cross for your sins, to pay the penalty of your sins so that you could have eternal life. I mean, come on, somebody. Don't live your life focusing on the opinion of others. That's a terrible way to live life. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something, that your purpose, write this down, that your purpose, my purpose is greater than people's opinion of me. My purpose is greater than your opinion of me. So I'm going to live out my life according to my purpose. I will not live out my life according to your opinion. That'll preach. And we all need to have that attitude. That should be something that we all say, not just me, and I'm not talking me from the pulpit. I, I've already made that decision in my life. I'm asking you if you've made it. Can you honestly say to yourself, you know what, I will live out my life according to the purpose of God on my life. I'm not going to live my life according to the opinion of others. I'm not going to be concerned about that. That my purpose is greater than people's opinion of me. And then live that out for the glory of his name. It all, I'm, I'm telling you something. If you would just do this, if you would live your life to know God, find freedom, 
discover your purpose and make a difference. You just live your life for the, for the glory of your heavenly Father and his son Jesus. Then you get to a place that you love God so much, you love Jesus so much that everybody's opinion of you doesn't matter. I'm just living out my purpose in Christ Jesus. That's how I've chosen to live my life. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes people don't like the decisions I make. But my wife and I have said this over and over and over again in ministry. Can I tell you something? Pastors get hurt a lot. Because the people pleaser in me, I love it when everybody's happy. But not everybody has always agreed. But my wife and I have said for, for years and years and years, for more than two decades now, we've made this our ongoing value. But one of these days, I'll be able to stand before God and say, Lord, I might have made mistakes, but my motives were pure. I wanted to glorify you. So we have this thing that we say to each other, but God knows our hearts. God knows my heart. So sometimes people are disappointed, but God knows my heart. He knows my heart, and I'm okay with that. And the things that are not right in my heart I surrender to him and say, Lord, change my heart because he still needs to change me pretty much all the time. You know what I'm talking about? Because I still struggle. I, I just want to maintain a pure heart before the Lord, a heart that lives out life for the glory of his name. I want to make a difference. And I hope you do too. Stand up with me, would you, this morning. People can think what they want to think about your life. That doesn't mean it's true. They can say what they want to say. It doesn't mean it's true. They can have their opinions. That is what it is. I don't live my life for the opinion of others. I live my life for the glory of God. And what if, what would this community look like if every single one of us had that same value in our lives? What, if, what, would, what would this community look like if every single one of us said, I don't care what people think, I'm just gonna live my life for the glory of God. I'm telling you, this community would be turned upside down for the glory of his name. I'm talking followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, not followers of your neighbor or followers of your coworker or followers of your boss or followers of, of your next door neighbor who has everything better than you. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about living for the glory of his name. The best thing that we can do is live a life surrendered to Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? If you've never surrendered your life to Christ at all, I'm gonna ask you, is, is today the day? And I pray that it is. The only way to God the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is the only way. He is the truth. He's the life. There's no way to the Father but by him. There's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved except the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus for salvation, he's, he's saved every time. God always says yes. If you say, Jesus, forgive me, he always says yes. And if you're ready to surrender your life to him today and become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And it's not magic words that you pray. It's, it's, a, it's a request that you make from the heart. 
And it goes something like this. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And today, to the best of my ability, the best that I know how, I surrender my life to you. And I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, because I want to be in a relationship with you. I want my eternity to be secured. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm asking for salvation today. Now, according to your word, you said, if we call upon you to be saved, you always say yes that every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what your word says. So Lord, today, I know that I'm saved by grace through faith. I did not earn it. I only asked for it and believed for it. And you are, are sure to your word. It's impossible for you to lie. So today, by your grace, I'm saved. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me into your family and making me a child of God. Help me to live a life of surrender to you all of my days. Change me from the inside out, I pray. And for every other person in this room that you know that you need to live according to God's purpose upon your life, man, but we live for God's approval, the applause of our Father. And you want to make sure for the rest of your life you get that straight. Could we open up our hands toward heaven and say once again, Father, I surrender to you. Sometimes I, I failed in this area. I, I, I live for the approval of others. I, I think too much of the opinions of others. And I'm sorry for that, Lord. Sometimes I consider the opinions of others before I consider your truth. Sometimes I... Sometimes I place too much value on what others think about me instead of what is true about me that I am a child of God, that I'm dearly loved and valued by my heavenly Father. Forgive me for the times that I've, I've messed that up. Lord, I want to know you. I want to walk in freedom. I not only want to discover my purpose, but I want to live my life to make a difference. Help me never to be ashamed of you or the call that you placed upon my life. Help me to follow you all of my days, I pray, and make a difference in the world around me. I give my life to you once again as an act of surrender, and I pray it and declare it in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching, and we hope you tune in next week.